Welcome back to another episode of the Break the Bank podcast. This is your boy Larry, as always, joined by my boys Dion and X. This week, we're going to do a little bit of recap of NFL Week 2. We're going to talk about the Justin Fields, Andy Dalton situation with the Chicago Bears. How bad is Zach Wilson really? The Colt, We're going to talk a little bit about the Colts do, being the first team to have the in-season hard knock series going on. And then we're going to make some picks for Week, week 3. But before we do all that, we got to talk about this Ben Simmons situation in Philly. Man said, I don't care about nothing. I'm not showing up. Trade me. What's going on? How you guys feel about that, Dion? Uh, They all are acting like a 14-year-old female to me. Um, It's he said, she said. It's like, oh, my God, he talked bad about me in the media. Like, who gives a fuck, bro? You're a grown-ass man. And someone says something bad about you and you about to go cry. And then on the other side, it's like, all right, so he played bad. Like the nigga had a bad series, two series, I guess you could say. If you want, you could even say he had a bad year. I really don't get it. I mean, you could say you could say he's had a bad series in 90% of his playoff series. And that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Like whatever narrative you want to put around Ben Simmons, all that shit's fine. To go to the media and do what Doc Rivers and MB did to me is like clown shit. Like, I'm not the type of nigga that would have bothered. Like, I don't really give a fuck. If I was Ben Simmons, I wouldn't give a fuck. Um, I'm definitely not going to play for like the Kings or the Timberwolves because my feelings got hurt. There's no way I'd be right back in Philly if I was him. But uh, I get it. I just think they're both acting like females. This is a completely avoidable situation. And, like, both them niggas need to – I mean, they got to grow up, man. Like, it, I, I don't care where Philly trades him. He's not going to have success if he's more worried about what anyone says in the media than playing basketball. And I don't care what Doc Rivers and MB plan to do with whoever they bring back. If their goal to get someone's attention is to talk shit to ESPN or TNT or whoever the fuck they talk to, that person's not going to stay very long either. I mean, but look, it's – in reality, I don't think it was just about whatever blunders it was in that game, bro. They probably, they probably know better than we do. Like, yo, this motherfucker don't work hard. You feel what I'm saying? So if for years your goal is like, all right, we trying to win a chip and everybody's bought in, everybody's working hard, trying to do what they got to do. And then you got this motherfucker, Ben Simmons, who think he a superstar, who think he's above being coached and listening to the coach. I would be tight too. Like, yo, fam, like, who the fuck you think you are? Like, you're not good enough but yet you refuse to work on your game or do anything to help the team win. And then you're going to act sensitive when we call you out. Like, I don't know. I just think, I think it's more on Ben Simmons than, than it is with Philly. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, he got to, he got to realize and have a little bit of self-awareness. Like I, right, you grew up, you've been coddled, you've been treated like a superstar your whole life, but at a certain point, bro, like you got to show growth and he hasn't gotten better in any aspect of his game for as long as he's been in the league. I think his defense has gotten better. His offense hasn't gotten better much, really. But his defense has definitely gotten better in pretty much every aspect of the game, even though I'm not going to lie. I have seen him get cooked up a lot in some ISO ISO situations against certain plays. He gets cooked, but he's gotten much better defensively. Everybody in the league gets cooked in ISO, though, man. But can we keep it a buck? All this shit is clutched trying to generate leverage 
where they don't have any, right? I mean, Memphis. they don't, they don't. But like, I agree with both. Do guys. they not have leverage though? No. I mean, they do, okay, but so, they don't. But let they me ask do, you this. It, let me ask you this. In, in in June, what what do you think the trade package for Ben Simmons would have been in June? No, but what I'm saying is like, yeah, his trade value is at the lowest. That's that, their leverage. That no, no, Ben Simmons is leverage. But yes, what happens? Okay, now what happens if he comes out and he struggles in the same way that he struggled during the playoffs, and he hasn't really improved his game the way he said he was when he told Australia, like, "Yo, fuck y'all, I want to go work on my game." Then, not necessarily that he plays worse, but if he has the same deficiencies that he had before. Then the narrative is just going to get louder and louder and louder, especially after an offseason where, in his own words, I'm going to go work on my game. You know what I'm saying? So if he doesn't show another element, then, yeah, it's going to get even louder. The rumors are going to be even louder than before, and that's going to cripple his trade value even more. I would Which argue. Which is what they want. I would not argue. Not to cut you off, X, on top of all of that, the man has made it very clear money is not an issue. Like, he has no problem paying fines, not getting paid, and all that. So he's showing other teams at the same time that he's not very cooperative. He doesn't really want to work. He's very all about him. Now, you can argue that it's because of this specific situation in Philly and how things played out. But at the same time, he's under contract for, what, another four years and pretty much said, I don't give a fuck about nothing, bro. Look, I'll I'll call his bluff. If he really think, if he says he's done with Philly, then let me see him sit out half a season and not collect no game checks. Then, all right, then I believe it. Then I say, you know what? He does have the leverage if he's willing to stand on that. But we've seen plenty of times. As soon as those game checks stop coming, then all of a sudden, you know what? They came together. They resolved shit. Ben Simmons is going to give it a go. He's going to be a professional. Not only is the game checks not going to come in, but he's going to get fines. If... Sure. Everything you guys are saying is true. To me, this doesn't feel NBA. This feels more NFL. And if you look at the NFL, there's been a lot of dudes that have pulled the stunt that Ben Simmons is pulling right now where they don't play. Uh, They sit out training camp, for example. They miss the whole preseason. They either get a new they either get a new contract or they get traded. But sometimes it goes into the to into the season. And there's a lot of years left on their contract. And I get it. He can't restructure his deal. There is no new contract for him. There is nothing. But Ben Simmons wants to go to two teams right now. He wants to go to the Warriors or the Clippers. And the only chance he has specifically to go to the Clippers is to completely cripple his trade value. But Correct. didn't he also say that – I thought it came out that he didn't care who he where he went as long as he wasn't in Philly anymore. That's what someone said. But it, the consistent has been he wants to play in California. Like, let's be real, he's probably not going to the Kings – um although they probably i'm sure they want him but i don't i don't know if i don't think that's i don't know now's now's the time but he's not good enough if they want to try to get he's not good enough for who though x like well no he's not not good enough for who he's not good enough to call his shot he's not ad where he can say look i'm only going to this team because a Uh, ad was going to be a free agent right so you could say look you could trade for me but I'm not resigning with you. Whatever team Ben Simmons gets traded to, there's going to be three and a half years left on that contract, right? So but at that, that was point, my point. What's my the bad. threat? 
Now, will, wait, one more thing, one more thing. In the NFL, what exists there, you're right, Dion, a lot of players do sit out, but the chances of you suffering a career-threatening injury in the NFL are increasingly higher than in the NBA. So in the NFL, it's not worth it to go out there without your contract situated because if you tear your ACL, then that money's off the table. Ben yeah. Simmons is going to get 30 mil a year for the next four years regardless of what happens, which kind of takes away his leverage because, like, dog, unless you're willing to give up guaranteed money, which NFL players are not, then – we're going to call you bluff. No, I, I wasn't comparing his mindset to that of a player. I was just saying you, situation you, see, you see an all pro receiver like Antonio Brown's a great example of this, who if he got traded just because Pittsburgh was willing to trade him, probably would have went for a fortune. He said, I'm not going back to Pittsburgh, started throwing fits. And then he got traded to, to the Raiders for like what, like a third or a fourth round pick. You know what I mean? Like we, we see it all the time in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA to an extent. I do think he has leverage here. I think the Warriors would trade for Ben Simmons. I know what Joe Lacob said yesterday, but I think no matter what, I do think the Warriors have a price tag on Ben Simmons. And I think the more Ben Simmons does, the closer he gets to that price tag. And the moment he hits that, that trade goes through and to say he's not good enough. Yes. Maybe he's not AD, but I promise you Ben Simmons on the Warriors is something no one really wants to see. All right, I have two questions for you, Dion. One is what exactly did Joe Lacob say? Because I saw today that he got fined for his comments, but yeah. I didn't get a chance to look into it. And uh, also my second question is what, are the Warriors, at least in your mind anyway, obviously you're not in the front office, what are the Warriors willing to pay for Ben Simmons? Because I know that they had turned, it was reported they turned down the trade offer before because yeah. they felt like the Sixers were asking for too much. Now that they got all these young guys, Moody, Kuminga, Wiseman, what would the Warriors part with for Simmons that you feel like would be good enough for the Sixers to settle for? Well... So what I think is interesting and um, what, what I think is interesting is when you hear about the Minnesota Timberwolves package or you hear about the Kings package or the Rockets package, it's far less than what anyone thinks the Warriors should have to give up. Like people want the Warriors to give up Moody, Kaminga or Wiseman, like two of the three along with Wiggins. But like all that has to come back from Minnesota is like Malik Beasley and Jaden McDaniels. Like, come on, man. Like, what, like who are like, what are we talking about? But that's not realistic. I mean, Maury I, would never make that move. No, I agree. I, I'm just saying like it, it, in the same sense, Maury would never trade for Minnesota's package. I don't think the Warriors would move the package. People think the Warriors should have to move for Ben Simmons and there's going to be a middle ground. Um, what Lakeup said was that they're not going to trade for him. Uh, he makes too much money which is interesting because we have four max contracts on the team. Um, and they he said the problem is we already have Draymond. So he basically – he was saying – he said I believe he actually said Ben Simmons can't finish games. <laughs> which no, is now, what's interesting, <laughs> apparently – because I was like, well, why would he say that? Apparently yeah. he was making those comments to Mark Stein and he thought they were off the record. But Mark Stein thought that they were on the record, which it would make more sense if he was just kind of shooting his shit and he said that shit passively, not thinking that that shit would get out. You feel what I'm saying? But here's the thing I, I'll ask you, Dion. If you're the Sixers, right, realistically speaking, you can probably send Simmons home and you're probably still good enough to have a top four or five record in the East. Why not, if you're the Sixers, at least wait through the trade deadline, right? And at that point, hope that either Beal, Lillard, or maybe even Levine, who I think is quietly going to ask for a trade before the deadline and wait to see if one of them 
looks at their team not being in contention, says, you know what, I want out. And at that point, now he has Ben Simmons and he can add first round picks and pick swaps and all that extra stuff to acquire one of those stars. Why sell low now when they could just send Simmons home to the trade deadline and then reevaluate what the situation is? There's no, there's no impetus for Maury to accept any type of deal before the trade deadline. I mean, the trade deadline's a, a long way away. I'm not trading him before the season starts, so I completely agree. Uh, ben Simmons would have to not show up for me, um, 1,000%. His trade value is at the lowest it can get. You, you can't – there is nothing he could do for it to get lower. So what's the point? Um, in a best-case scenario, he plays and he plays well and it goes up. In a worst-case scenario, you take whatever offers are already on the table. Those are going nowhere. So I, I don't think you really – you don't gain anything by trading him now. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a shot in hell they get Lillard anymore. Uh, Lillard has too many years on his deal. There's like way too much Portland to get. The Beal thing is interesting. Levine's interesting. The problem here is right. Um, I'm a Warriors homer. I get it. But genuinely the problem here is for any team in the league is hypothetically your goal is to trade for Levine or your goal is to trade for Beal. Great. Is Ben Simmons probably the best offer that if you're Philly, you're like, well, we, we have our Ben Simmons offer. That's great. Until Bob Myers calls offers Moody, Kuminga, Wiseman, and Wiggins and future picks, right? Like that's kind of like the Trump card. And then you just sat on Brad or uh, on Ben Simmons and you're like, well, we'll wait for this person. That person becomes available. You think you're going to get them. Bob Myers calls your bluff and that person gets sent out West. So I, I don't know. Like it, if I were the Sixers, I'd probably, I would hold on to Ben Simmons too. I completely agree with what you said, but I, I would be, I'd be talking to Memphis. I'd be talking to New Orleans. I'd be talking to the Warriors and seeing what you can get from those three teams. And plus the Warriors, they probably want to see if either Moody or Kaminga can actually contribute year one, right? If one or two of those guys can give you 15 to 20 rotational minutes, they're probably not as inclined to want to move them. Now, if they come out and those guys just can't be on the floor, well, now you're not as hesitant to move those guys because, you know, look, they're probably a year or two away from helping us. So, yeah, it makes sense to, to sell them now, even though we expect they might be good three, four years from now. But that, that doesn't help Curry. That doesn't help Draymond. So I yeah. think how those young guys play early in the season will dictate whether or not the Warriors will be willing to include two two out of the three, as you mentioned. Yeah, I don't think those two get included in a Ben Simmons deal at this point. Um, unless Ben Simmons were to show up and ball out. That's the only way. But I, with, with the way it's at right now, I don't think he, he, they get included in a deal for him, um, which is kind of what I think Lakeup was getting at, whether it was off the record or on the record. It just... What would have to go into a Ben Simmons trade makes no sense right now. Um, now, do but, you call the, the Timberwolves and for Cat and say, hey, we'll give yeah. you all three. Yeah. And whatever, however many draft picks you want for Carl Anthony Towns. And that's, a, that's a call I would be making if I'm Lakeup. I'll be calling the Timberwolves and say, hey, looks like Cat's unhealthy. We'll give you all three of those plus. You know the, the other call I'd be making, and, and I, I mean, I know we have to probably change topics here in a minute and I don't want to dive too deep into the NBA DeAndre Aiden I don't think it's a given him and Devin Booker finish the season on Phoenix I really really don't um I think if Aiden becomes available that's a call I'm making if I'm the Warriors I if that team takes a step back man Carl Anthony Towns wants out 
We know the relationship with Book and uh, Cat. If that team takes a step back, I could see Book trying to force his way out of there. CP3 is getting older. You're going to have to pay Mikel Bridges a shitload of money. If CP3 can't hold up, there's no real way for this team to get better. Unless Cam Johnson takes a massive leap, I could see Book being like, well, we had our run, but where is this team going to be two to three years from now? Probably middle of the road, if not, you know, even worse than that. Um, and trying to get out of there. And with Carl Anthony Towns wanting out, this is the perfect time for those two to team up. So you think that the Suns would trade Aiton to get Cat since he's already under contract? You don't got to worry I, yeah, about, I mean, I could, I could see Aiton. You don't have to worry about extending, you don't have to worry about extending Aiton because you have Cat yeah. now. I, I could see them trying to move Aiton in like Cam Johnson and some other stuff to get Cat, yeah. I don't think it will cost that much, to be honest. I, I, Maybe I not, think, but like, I think I think Aiton at, at least if Aiton plays the way he did in the playoffs and continues with his progression, it'd be tough for me to even want to trade for Cat. To be honest, well, you're not. But see, that that's where that's what I was saying. I don't think you're gonna have a choice. I mean, look, yeah, like, like, no, we if just it's to keep Booker our... happy is different. Yeah, it's it's to keep. But up. but that's what I'm saying. Like, even then, like, it, it it's tough, bro. It's a tough situation. I just think if Ben Simmons gets dealt, and we, we've spent a lot of time talking about it, but if Ben Simmons gets dealt, it opens up a door for a lot, a lot of guys. Like, I'm sure X knows this as a Mavs fan. If Ben Simmons gets dealt, that contract Luca signed two months ago means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. That contract yep. Jason Tatum's getting ready to sign means nothing. If Beal doesn't go to Boston. and I that think it team- depends on where he goes and what Philly gets him. Look, no, I really don't. It, if he gets traded, if he doesn't play and gets traded, that shit means nothing now because he has four fucking years. Left. I wouldn't be surprised, truthfully, if the commissioner wasn't calling Maury like, look, we need you to hold it down. Because if you cave, it sets such a dangerous precedent for every other star in the league. Yep. Like, yo, fuck it. Be uncomfortable. Do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? We'll have your back. But do not cave to Ben Simmons. A, because then if you think Clutch is, is fucking drunk with power now, if they can actually manipulate Simmons to go into his preferred destination, forget about it. They're going to be uncontrollable. And then from a superstar perspective, if Lillard can can force his way out with four years left, like you said, Luca, every other star, what they're all going to do the same thing. They're going to wait mm-hmm. just long enough to sign those super maxes. And the second that ink is dry, they're going to force their way out. And that's something that nobody wants. So everybody's rooting for Philly in this situation because they understand Simmons don't have any leverage. So don't cave to a player who isn't good enough and doesn't have the leverage, or you're going to fuck it up for the whole league. And then we're really going to see shit go upside down. And if he goes where he wants, I mean, it's over. Like lock a lockout doesn't begin to describe what's going to happen in the next CBA. If he comes to the Warriors or the Clippers and one of those teams wins a championship, and man, oh yeah, the owners are going to hold out. Yeah, the owners are going to. But we might not see a season whenever the CBA Correct. is up. They're going right, to look. So- they're going to want a franchise tag. They're going to want some vehicle to be able to keep players in town because those small market teams are going to fucking revolt. But go ahead, like I mean, a random. so so. We spent a ton of time on the NBA and training camp ain't even start yet. It starts later this week. But before we move on, is there anything the league can do short of a lockout when the CBA agreement um, expires to try to do something about all this star power and contracts meaning nothing anymore? And at the same time, even with everything I just said, is it right for the league to step in and do something when 
teams already have the power to say contracts don't mean anything. I can just trade you away if I want to. So why shouldn't the player be able to say, I don't want to be here anymore. Who cares if I sign the contract, if the team does the same thing? I mean, there's nothing they could theoretically do. And once players realize, like, look, I'm willing to leave money on the table because if I go to a particular market, I'll make that money up in endorsements and in opportunities and being in New York or being in L.A., that's really what crippled everything, right? Because before, players wouldn't walk away from a certain amount of money. Now, if you're Zion, you know you're marketable. You know you're going to make X amount in endorsements. So, yeah, I'll leave 40 mil on the table because I can go make 80 being yeah. a star in New York. You know what I'm saying? And once that happened, that flipped everything on the set. Yeah, inve- uh, the players got smarter, man. Um, you, the 90s were a lot of dumbass niggas, bro, that they only made money on the court and then they went broke very, very quickly. A lot of dumbasses. These players ain't stupid, man. They're invested. They're investing their money. KD said it himself. Part of the reason he came to the Bay was Silicon Valley. He owns – he's invested in a million tech companies. I believe he was a, a – clubhouse or locker room one of the two he was invested in actually i think it was locker room i'm not sure um but one of those two he was heavily invested in nfts shoes you name it these players are my bad i heard steve nash and a few athletes were invested in locker room when um, uh iggy was when i first when i first heard about locker room that's what i was told yeah iggy was a pretty big investor in locker room and i know katie's invested in either clubhouse or locker room i can't remember which one it is but like these players aren't dumb anymore they don't need basketball for very long man like luca could sign a five-year contract in three years into that deal say hey i don't want to play basketball anymore i can make hundreds of million dollars off the court i've already made hundreds of millions of dollars i don't need that much to live and the owners like without even realizing it in an attempt to protect themselves from themselves because remember nba contracts used to be six seven eight years long but the owners just couldn't help themselves. They wanted that shiny new thing, especially when there was an influx of new ownership. Everybody wanted to make that splash move, that huge free agent signing. And they would commit themselves to these albatross contracts. And now they're like, now we need shorter contracts. But when they did that, now they they suddenly gave all the leverage to the players. And then once LeBron started signing mm-hmm. those one plus ones, that's when shit really got spooky because mm-hmm. they didn't think players would only sign for two years. They thought they'd want to max out every dollar. But like Dion said, they're smarter, especially now when they realize, oh, when I hit seven-year status, I can make X amount. When I get to 10-year vet status, the percentage of the cap that, that I can get is even higher. And I think bro, that's where they fucked up the, the most. cat's out the bag. I think that's where they fucked up the most when they started doing that. If you have been in the league for a certain amount of years, you qualify for X amount of dollars. If you've been on the same team for a certain amount of time while being in the league for a certain amount of time, then you get X amount of dollars. I I honestly think that that whole Rose Rule shit is the only reason why half of these star players are signing rookie extension contracts. Like, if, if dudes weren't, like, for instance, Luka Doncic, is it a guarantee he signs that 200 and something million dollar contract with Dallas if he knew that he could get similar money elsewhere? I mean, no. And I'm saying, like... That's the point and of the then, contract. And though. then now, yeah, so now he signs that rookie extension, right? Now he's eligible for the Supermax when this contract is up. Mm-hmm. So he's but he can, but he can leave and still get the designated veteran. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the the flip side of that, too, is we spend a whole bunch of time talking about injuries and how, like, you can get injured and lose money, et cetera. KD uh, signed a max with the Nets coming off a of torn Achilles. Clay signed a super max with the Warriors coming off a of torn ACL, and then he tore his Achilles. If Clay comes back healthy, we already saw what KD looks like. These players really ain't going to give a fuck because they know – while injured, while laying in a hospital bed, I can still sign a max because I'm that dude. Look, look at Kawhi. He opted out of yeah. the final year of his contract and then, re-signed, and then re-signed. And he's most likely going to miss the whole first year. Yeah. And I, I don't think he signed for very long either. No, I think he signed a four-year contract this time. Oh, he signed a four-year? Okay. But yeah, yeah I mean, the, these dudes don't have anything to worry about anymore. Um, the way to do this and I mean this respectfully to Rich Paul, you got to chop the head of the snake off. This man needs to be, I don't know how you do it. He's got to so, go. Yeah, that's I don't what I'm saying. Needs, so it's like, what Adam Silver needs to be, do? Adam Silver needs to be the godfather. Because he goes or I go. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. But remember, the NCAA tried to get rid of Rich Paul when they started yeah. adding all those new rules for um, agents. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he still found a way to get around that and put a stop to that. That yeah. man has a lot of power now. But and his not just, and he, wait, wait, wait. You might wait. just have to. You might have to get rid. Wait, but his, I think <laughs> we're gonna have to wait and see what happens when LeBron falls off a cliff, right? Because let's be real: the way that Rich Paul acquired this power was because LeBron was leveraging his free agency for other teams, and so he forced Rich Paul's clients to get paid. J.R. Smith, Tristan Thomas. A number of other guys, right? Now, when LeBron no longer yields that power, is does Rich Paul carry the same amount of weight? Yes, he might not, but not LeBron always will because LeBron is this generation's Kobe. He's this generation's MJ, uh, Magic, Bird, who, whatever. He's this generation's like superhero. And I think we talk a lot about what LeBron's going to do after his career. In the immediate after his career, it's going to come out that he's a fucking owner of clutch sports. This has all been a fucking fraudulent scam. Oh, yeah. for we the all last. know. It, 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 it's a scam. Yeah. He owns yeah. clutch sports. As soon as he retires, he, they're going to announce it. And then the league's really fucked. For like two to three years, they're fucked. LeBron's going to be ruining their lives. But even but even without all that, if I'm not mistaken, they just got Zach Levine signed with yeah. them a few months ago. Trey Young is with Clutch Sports. They got Ben Simmons. They got Anthony Davis. They got a bunch of middling players. And I'm pretty sure there's other stars that I'm not remembering right now. You know, I've had, this is my second cup of scotch. I think with or without LeBron, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports still has a lot of power because they hold a lot of star players in their stable. It's not like they just... And then they're young, too. They got a lot of these young stars. It's not like they got a bunch of old guys or just a bunch of middling players and mid-level players and LeBron. They have star power on their roster. But look, look at the situation with Simmons, right? And this is the last I'll say, and then we can move on. Yeah, we got to move on after this. They, They want to do... They want to run the playbook that they ran with AD with Simmons. But guess what? LeBron is in a Laker and AD had one year left. They can't run that same playbook. So as much as Rich Paul wants to create leverage, he has none. And that's what I'm saying. When LeBron is no longer a player, I we'll see. But if, but I agree with you, Dion, if after LeBron falls off, Rich Paul still wielding that type of power, 
the league is going to have to do something because we all know it's the, it's the worst kept secret in sports. But go ahead, Lurk. We can move on. Yeah, let's Yo, move yeah, on. All, yeah, let's all move of them on. are bitches. All nah, of them are bitches. I, I'm going to puke if we talk about LeBron anymore. Fuck him. Nah, nah, fuck all that. I already understand, bro. We've been talking about the NBA for what feels like an hour. but And it's all because X been avoiding talking about how he went 0-4 <laughs> on his picks last week. The hard one. He missed the ups. Owen, Owen for the hard way. All that bullshit he was talking last week. First of all, and man's went nah, 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 nah. You went zero three on the spreads, and you lost on your upset pick. All right, let's. Before you even defend yourself, I need to understand what went wrong here. This is an audio forum, but raise your hands if you owe money to your bookie after week two. Hey, look, man. I expect both of you gentlemen to put your hands up. Nah, I paid. Nah, I lost money, but I paid all my debts. I owe. We talking, and we're talking about the show, bro. I'm five and three total on the show. Nah, you actually three and three. And I got both my underdog debts. That's five and three. Don't get twisted. Put some respect on my name. I'm the Rick player of this show. I'm the I, star. I'm you're the five and three. I'm four. I'm the prettiest. I'm the smartest. I'm the best looking. That, I'm the prettiest again, and I'm still the smartest. Factually incorrect. <laughs> all, all of that first was of, false. First all of, of all, was false. your mustache disqualifies you from being the prettiest. You know what I'm saying? I'm clearly your backpacks the smartest. holding on for dear life. Look, I look. I got broad shoulders. You know what I'm saying? You don't have broad shoulders. They're fat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to roof this little nigga. Yo, bro. Yo, <laughs> yo, I yo I'm going to hold him. <laughs> yo, look, look. When I hold this nigga over my head like Lex Luger in his prime, I just Dang. want you to put that on IG. You know what I'm saying? Yo. I'm going to kick out of that shit like Rey Mysterio and hit you with a 619, bitch. Bro. Yo, you look like Rey Mysterio taller than you. And first bro. off, I know you're not talking about Rey Mysterio. Y'all say, share the same heritage. Look, okay? look, look. Settle down over there. I know y'all can't see this, but Larry's wife beater is hanging off like a, like nah, a, what like are you a dress. What are you talking about? What are you <laughs> talking about? He got a baggy wife beater right now. Fuck you know out of here. What are you talking about? Nah, it's all good. Look, look, we'll move on. Nah, let's, get, let's get to it. the picks. Let's yeah, keep deflecting picks. from your own foot. Man's is three and five through two weeks. You're the I only mean. person under 500, but I hear you. Look, so five and all has been guaranteed. What, what happened? Though? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? The Washington football team, you had the Washington football team and the Giants. You had the under at 40 and a half. Hey, I'm not going to lie. That one was bullshit. Yo, that was crazy. I mean, I bet I bet that in real life, but I didn't make that pick on the show, so it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I bet that what one we, too. What, what we he he should have won that one, bro. It, it's a Thursday night under. It's a classic Thursday night divisional game under. I, I see where X is headed. With two look, bad offenses, too. It was look, two bad offenses. And heading into the heading into halftime, those offenses look awful. And in the second half, it was just mistakes, short fields, mental mistakes, and look, shit happens. And even look, the other the other games that I lost, I mean, the the Rams should have covered, right? If not for that fumble in the end zone where they got the safety because the snapper threw it into the hole, you know what I'm saying? Into the dude on the punt team's hip, like the Rams would have covered that game. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not mad about that. So, you know, shit happens. The Cardinals, I mean, come on. There's no reason why that that should have been a game with the Vikings. But well, there coach, is a reason. It's because they stink. They, they, I mean, yeah, the defense stinks and their coach is terrible. And I don't know why he had Kyler Murray throwing that late in the game. But, look, it is what it is. We're on to week three. Guaranteed 5-0. and 
I'm a, you know, and what I'm doing is I'm fading myself. I looked at the games, <laughs> I picked five games that I liked, and I'm just going with the complete opposite. Wait, you, ha- oh, you, also yeah. had the, you also had the Bengals upset in the Browns. Did he have the Rams? Yeah, he had the Rams three and a half. He had the that Cardinals at three and a half favorites as well, which I also picked and lost on. They won by three flat, I believe. Yeah. And then you had the Bengals with an upset over the Bears. I mean, I own that. I guess, I, I, guess, I guess you wasn't banking on Justin Fields playing. No, and honestly, like, the, the Bears were dying to give that game away, but the Bengals are just awful. And honestly, look, I came on here, I said don't overreact to week one. I thought that Cincinnati offense would be better than what they showed in week two, and I was wrong. That was uh, week one four, overreaction. All four of your picks were overreaction. I mean, look, look, look. I take that back. I take that back. Three of the four. Three of the four were overreactions. You came no, on here, no. and, and you've been talking for weeks. Oh, I don't bet weeks one and two. It's too random. Oh, you got to overreact. The lines overreact. The, the Rams didn't cover by a half Bro. point. You overreacted to Matt Stafford. You overreacted to Matt Stafford having one good game, talking about, oh, he's so happy. (laughs) Trash. Uh, You overreacted to Cliff Kingsbury finally putting something together for the first time in his life. That man was under 500 at Texas Tech. He was a fucking offensive coordinator at USC for like two weeks before he got the Cardinals job. Been trash in Arizona since he got it. Had one good game. You overreacted to that shit. They fucking stink. The Rams stink. Uh, Who's the other team you bet? The, oh, the Bengals, yeah. You're that's Wait, tough. That, the, the Bengals the the, had over four, almost 500 yards, though. It, it don't matter. You're a head coach, you got to be able to coach both sides. I don't give a fuck what the offense did. Yeah, they gave up 419 yards, too. That boy Kirk had three first quarter touchdowns or something like that. Man, fuck out of here. Trash. I'm gonna take the look, I'm gonna take the L, but let's let's go to week three because I'm ready. Honestly, right, so so Dion Dion Paris Dion went one, one and two, two and then I got my uh, and then you got your upset. Let's talk about that underdog though, because both of y'all call me crazy for taking the Titans. Another no, I, did, I didn't call you crazy, bro. I agreed with you. What are you talking all about? Right. Oh, well, X called me crazy. All right, but I but I, I have time. I, bet, I, I bet the I bet the money line. I, I, you know, how, you, how you was feeling at halftime, Dion? I I, I mean, look I, at yeah. halftime. At halftime, what I thought was, I thought the Titans were the better team, and they were getting out coached. At the end of the day, I give Pete Carroll credit where credit's due. I think Pete Carroll can coach a hell of a football team, but that team isn't very good. It hasn't been very good for years. They have. It's like I said, man, they have no run game. They have no offensive line. They have no front seven on the other side. Get the ball to Derrick Henry and get out of town. And that's what the Titans did in the second half. I had the Seahawks finishing third in the division, and I took their under. So I agree with everything you said. I just thought that pretty much what happened in the first half, I I didn't think the the Titans secondary would be able to contain Russell Wilson in that passing attack. And honestly, they couldn't. And then Derrick Henry took over. And honestly, that Seattle defense is soft up the middle pause. And fucking Henry just tore him apart. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. That, that's why I agreed with Dion for everything you just said. I never expected the Titans secondary to be able to do anything. I was I was smashing Lockett on the over for reception yards all day. But I didn't feel like Seattle was going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. Now, he was only able to do it for a second half, but that was enough to win the game. And even if they didn't win, even though I picked them on two different tickets on one money line and one spread, even if they didn't win the game, there was no way Seattle was winning by a touchdown in my eyes. Now, that first half was ugly, but look, you know, week three, look, we're week three. They got screwed out of a touchdown, too. Yeah, that's another thing. Or it would have been even worse. They wouldn't even have to kick that field goal at the end. And low key, that Eagles Niners game, if they didn't call that bullshit Ah, penalty on that long TD, you know what I'm talking about, Terrega. 
it would have been a different ball game. But- yeah, let's talk about it because we both we both bet the 49ers. Me and Dion both have 49ers minus three, and they won. So let's talk about that. Look at me. Hey, it's like I've been saying. We had the best other 52 in the league. I do think we had the worst quarterback in the league. I'll be the one to admit that, but I don't think it matters. Look, it was an ugly game. Did you just and- say Daniel Jones is better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I saw a stat yesterday. Jimmy Garoppolo is dead last in the NFL in complete, like in air yards. He's thrown the ball in the air 152 yards in two games. He's Alex Smith reincarnate, bro. Man, he's worse. He's honestly, he's worse, bro. He's worse. Yo, they, pro football focus had Daniel Jones as the six bed quarterback through first two games and on ESPN's adjusted quarterback rating, which factors in strength of defense, he's rated ninth. In the NFL through the first I mean, good for him, weeks. bro. What, what the hell does that have to do with how bad Jimmy G is? Nah, I just no. wanted to, take Jimmy G, to say something positive about the new Jones. Because Jimmy violated. Look, Jimmy G, if it's third and four, he'll get you five. But if it's 39, <laughs> he'll also get you five. And that's just the way Jimmy G is, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just personally, I think all the bullshit Dion spews will become true the second they put Trey Lance in. I think that Niners team is going to be a juggernaut the second Trey Lance is named the starter. And I'm just curious to see how long Shanahan waits. Because right now they're winning in spite of Jimmy G. I can't wait to see what he does with a quarterback that he trusts, similar to McVay in L.A. Yeah, I will say I I do, first off, similar to McVay in L.A. Yeah, okay. Like, let's relax. Let's pump the brakes. They barely beat the Colts. But um, I do look forward to the Trey Lance era. I I think it's – I was watching some Niners highlights last night, like, of the years. I mean, I'm only – not only. Like, I'm old as fuck. I'm 28. But, like, in Niners fandom, I missed all the glory years, bro. Like, I missed everything. I didn't get to watch Joe Montana. I I didn't really get to watch Steve Young. The first quarterback I remember is Jeff Garcia. He was also a problem, though. Yeah, but my only memory of him is uh, Terrell Owens calling him gay. <laughs> that's the only thing i remember of him <laughs> so i mean um what the best quarterback i've seen as a niners fan is colin kaepernick and that lasted i mean that shit was like that was like a microwave so that was like a microwave i mean yeah never forget when the giants cooked them in the playoffs to go on yeah, and win the uh, super bowl that, that was you beat alex smith but um it don't matter. It was your 49ers, right? You beat Alex, man. We beat the 49ers. Uh, it wasn't Kaepernick. But um, he's the best quarterback I've personally watched. So I look forward to the Trey Lance era because it, it could be the first time I have a franchise quarterback. It could be the first time I have a quarterback where it's like, I'm going to get his jersey because where the fuck is he going? Nowhere. So, I mean, we'll see. I look forward to it. I, I will admit, we talked about it last week on the show, I would have taken Justin Fields. It's not even a question. But I, I'll give – Kyle Shanahan, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, we made a Super Bowl without a quarterback. We're 2-0 without a quarterback. When he has, like, 50% of the roster healthy, it feels like he's unbeatable as a coach. And I think what he loved about Trey, I think when you looked at all the reports during the draft, they said Trey Lance was by far and away the smartest quarterback. So when you think about somebody like Shanahan who wants the quarterback to be an extension of himself, if he feels like Trey Lance was – had was most able to kind of see the game the way he sees it and to be able to relay his thoughts on the field, then it would make sense why he would go for Lance. Plus, I mean, all the physical traits. The man's a bowling ball, and he has a cannon for an arm. So I look forward to it. But are we ready to get into the week's picks? Nah, yeah, we were. We are talking. Nah, we're not going that far yet. I think you're talking about week two. But 
Dion, you said you had, if I'm not mistaken, you said you had Kansas City minus 15. You didn't care what it was. They were going to destroy the Ravens? Uh, I think you're thinking of the show we just did with ML. I said I got them whatever against the Chargers. Oh, and by the way, I picked the Ravens on that show. I did. I did have a. I do. I do have the. I did have the Chiefs very like. I did think they destroy the Ravens. Yeah. yeah that, if I'm not. Mistaken, I don't know if I said minus fifteen. I don't know if, if I said minus fifteen. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you had similar sentiments that you had on chaos and yeah. Look, man. I, so I have two rules in life. Uh, I don't bet against Alabama. I bet them every Saturday. I'm going to win more often than not. I'm not going to bet against Kansas City. I'll bet them every Sunday, and I'm going to win more often than not. So I'm going to do it again this week probably. Keep going with it. I think if you look at their record against the spread, I think you're going to be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? So I – I mean, you, I also bet the team total overs every Sunday too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So if you're listening, don't take Dion's advice. I'm just saying, man, like, I'm not betting against Kansas City. I'm not betting against Mahomes. You you saw it week one, bro. They, they get bored, and then they just throw a touchdown. They even fucking did it on Sunday. Like, these dudes are toying with teams right now. Lamar Jackson played the best game he's played, it feels like, in two years. The You know, they did that stunt where Harbaugh Dude. asked if he wants to go. I fucking hate that shit is so fucking corny when Harbaugh runs on the field. You want to go for it, bro? Like, shut the fuck up and call a play. You were going to go for it anyway. <laughs> you you knew what he like, was going to say. The shut the fuck up co- and call a play. You're the fucking head coach talking about do you want to yeah, go for it. I, they should, what quarterback I wish, is going to say no? I wish they would have got a delay a game because he wasted that time. I really do. But um, there was no shot in hell they were giving that ball back to Mahomes either. That shit was so fucking corny. But um, I, I do – look, the – the Ravens played a hell of a game offensively. The Chiefs, whenever they want to, they can score a touchdown. Their problem is going to be they got to do something with the run game here. They might regret getting rid of Le'Veon Bell a little bit. They might, might regret getting rid of Kareem Hunt. Well, I mean, that wasn't really Look, fault. The that thing was, is, <laughs> <laughs> with the Chiefs' defense, I wouldn't bet them every week because that defense is so bad that a team can backdoor cover on them pause, I mean, every week. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. can't stop an offense. So because of that – that I would bet the money line or I would throw them in a teaser. I would throw them in a six point teaser every week. But as far as just betting them straight up against the spread, I just don't trust that defense, man. You know what I'm saying? I just don't trust it. So, we'll so yeah, I mean, I don't trust the defense either, but like, I don't know if it really fucking matters more often than not. Uh, one of my favorite bets too is Chiefs first half. It feels like they get off to a quick start every fucking game. Andy Reid's known for taking the ball, too, so Chiefs' first quarter is always good, too. Um, and then when they get down, live betting the Chiefs, they're never out of a fucking game. Yeah. But, you know, moving on, I, like X, had the Cardinals minus three and a half, lost that game. Just like Dion, I had the 49ers minus three. I won that. And then I had Dallas plus three and a half against the Chargers. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I didn't understand why Dallas was the underdogs. Like, I knew they were on the road, but... Yo, real quick. Hold on, real quick. Look, real quick. So I just looked it up, right? The last 12 games, the Chiefs are 1, 10, and 1 against the spread. So that shit Dion lives by... Are are they 1, 10, and 1 against the spread based on the Sunday lines or, like, uh, based on the opening lines, though? Because, like... 
I won my Niners. I won my Niners, but but tech, week one, but technically the Niners are one and one against the spread this season. Let's let's go. I, they don't specify, but either way, that just goes to show. Look, they get backdoor covered a lot. So yeah, I mean, look. So does Alabama. I'm still gonna bet both those teams every week. I refuse to like hard think that a, a game where like Alabama plays Tennessee State like, minus sixty, or the Chiefs play the Raiders and they're minus twenty. Like I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, I, look, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's not. So, it's definitely not a foolproof method. I just. It, it's much easier than trying to pretend like, oh, the Chiefs aren't going to win this game or they're not going to, you know. I respect your wealth. I respect the hat, the fact that you have fuck you money where you can just burn <laughs> money on fire every weekend. It, it rolls off the shoulder. You got that Bay Tech money. So, look, I respect the opulence. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. So, but thankfully, I let y'all guys, I'm moving back on from that. Thankfully, I let y'all talk me out of picking the Giants as the upset because, you know, they screwed themselves over at the end of the game. And ended up losing, even though they almost did upset Washington. But I pick, ended up going with the Raiders, who I wanted to pick for the spread, and I ended up picking in the upset. And it worked out for me. The Raiders upset the Steelers. I thought it was a pretty obvious pick. It was another situation where I didn't understand why they were the underdogs. Steelers' offense sucks. Derek Carr is going to throw 600 passes a game. He's bound to throw a few completions and touchdowns. So it was a no-brainer for me. And then I got the Dallas with the plus three and a half. So that worked out for me. I went two and one with against the spread. And I got my upset. I'm two and on the upset. Going into week three, Dion and myself are both two and oh on the upsets. X is one and one. Me and X are both two and four going with the spreads and the over-unders. And Dion is in first place at 500 with three and three. Five so, and three total. Yeah, so before we <laughs> before we get into week three, what do you guys think about the Bears moving forward with Justin Fields taking over? It's I mean, right now it's only for one week. Supposedly Dalton doesn't need surgery, but he won't be available for Sunday's game. What what do you what do y'all feel about the Bears? Do they have a better chance in winning some games? Are you are you going with them in spreads? How how you feeling about them? Is Fields ready to be the starting quarterback? I think it's pretty simple. If Fields comes out and he wins games, they got to stick with him or else they're going to lose that locker room. But if he loses games, then I think Nagy, Nagy makes a desperate move to put Dalton in in hopes of just saving his job. So I think well, Fields' play is probably going to dictate whether he keeps starting or not. And what is your prediction for Fields' performance? I think they go up against the Bengals this week, if I'm not mistaken. I got to double check that. Yeah, they play the Bengals there. No, they play the seven. Browns this week. Oh, they my God, the Browns, Browns yeah. And they're seven-point underdogs. Yeah. I think Dalton hasn't played his last snap, and I only say that because I think that GM and coach are so desperate that I don't think Fields are going to come out the game, the gate good enough to just win all the games. I think, you know, he'll be competitive, but he'll make enough mistakes to probably lose in some games. And I think we see Dalton for like another week or two until the locker room revolts and then they got to put fields back in or ownership fires the coach. And then they put fields back in, you know, to end the season. I think fields is going to play very good. Uh, it's plus two eighty. I, I really like that. To be honest, I, I think that defense is very good. I don't think Dalton's playing again. Fields is fields is really good. I think he should have been the starter anyway. Um, that locker room wants him to be the starter. I think this is Fields' team moving forward. I saw a stat, like, yards per attempt, Fields, 
was 10.2 this week. And Dalton, it was 4.2 through the first like game and however many stats he played um, in uh, week two. And I'm not a huge like numbers tell the whole story guy. And I know that those stats do not tell the whole story, but it sure as hell tells very close to the whole story. I agree. Phil should be the starter. I like Fields for the Bears moving forward. I think he'd be great for them to be the starter. Like, even if he doesn't perform well straight out the gate, this is your quarterback of the future. There's a reason why you traded up to get him. But at the same time, being a Giants fan and the Giants having their first-round pick next year, I don't like that. But in the same breath, it's like, is he really going to increase their chances how good is their offense with him as the quarterback? Like, how well, many made games? made the playoffs with who at quarterback last year? Yeah, but last year was a little bit different. In what way? I, I feel like more people – I don't feel like as many people are going to miss time with COVID. Like, they have more things under control, and they have a better idea of how to maneuver throughout the year, even if somebody does have COVID because they got a whole season under their belt dealing with everything. Like – Last year was a was a different breed for everybody involved, and there was no fans. I mean, that's fair, but this this Bears team, this is Khalil's Mac, Khalil Mack's fourth year there, I want to say. They made the playoffs twice, so two of the three seasons. I feel what you're saying. They're in the same division as what? The, the Packers, Packers Lions, the Vikings, and the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Packers so, stink. I mean, the NFC East and the NFC North are bad enough to where, well, and the, the, the South in a way, too. Like, the NFC West is the only real super competitive um, division in the conference. And I don't think that's just as competitive as y'all do. <laughs> well, I think that's just because you're more of a 49ers homer. Nah, I, I, I don't think the other two teams in the division are that good. Like, I'll, get, I'll give the, the Rams their... They're due, you know, they can play. Look, I just think the ownership of Chicago needs to fire the head coach and the GM as soon as possible. Because anytime you got a lame duck coach or a lame duck GM, they're going to do shit in their own self-interest and they can fuck your franchise up. So if they were smart, just clean house, get some interims in there and just do what's best for the franchise. But if you're going to leave lame ducks in there, they could fuck shit up and burn shit up on their way out. You know, he could fuck yeah. around and try and trade two first round picks for a marginal player. You know, we saw something similar when, you know, when the Texans, when Bill O'Brien was trading two first round picks for Laramie Tunsil, trading <laughs> a first round pick for Brandon Cooks. Like when you have a coach <laughs> desperate to save his job, that's the type of shit they do. You feel what I'm saying? So you gotta gotta save your franchise from that. That's kind of where I disagree, though. I, I don't find Nagy to be a lame duck coach. I actually think Nagy is the perfect coach for Justin Fields, and we're going to see that on Sunday. But why do you say that? I'm not saying I disagree or agree with you. I just want to know why you why you. So Nagy was the guy. Uh, Nagy was the guy that took Mahomes, and Nagy was the guy that created. Um, I shouldn't say created, but like he he the Chiefs when Nagy were there were like the team when it came to RPOs and the team when it came to shotgun and they never got under center and they never did it. Everything that Justin Field needs to succeed is what Nagy provides as a head coach. And remember, Nagy came into a situation where Mitchell Trubisky was the quarterback. That wasn't his guy yeah. by any means. That wasn't his guy. 
this is his guy. They traded up for him. I'm not saying the GM saved his job by any means. I'm not saying I don't even know if Nagy saved his job with this trade, especially if they don't plan on playing the kid. But um, I do think if if Nagy were to save his job, it's gonna be because of how perfect he is of a coach for Trey or uh, for Justin Fields. And I feel the same way. There's only two coaches I thought made sense for Fields to go to realistically that could get him, and it was the Bears and the Niners. And I think Nagy runs a pretty similar offense to Cal Shannon. He's not as smart, but it's similar. <laughs> All right. Now let's move on to another rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Taking number two overall, the Jets passed up on one Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who you almost said instead of Justin Fields because you're such a fucking homer. Yeah, they're similar players. But Zach Wilson's taking over both of them. He has, what, he had four interceptions on Sunday against the Patriots? He had two against the Panthers and a fumble? How bad is he? Is can he be better? Is it the Jets? Is it him? What's going on over there? He stinks. Playing he was trash simple? in college. I mean, look, that look, that could be true. But honestly, when I knew what, what time it was when they lost Makai Becton to injury. You know what I'm saying? They have no offensive line. They have no weapons. You know what I'm saying? Their defense is is bad. Like I, I saw a, a, there was a 12-year-old on TikTok. He posted a video. And he po- he looked at every every lineman had lost their one on one battle, and none of the receive the receivers were completely blanketed. And then Wilson threw a pick. And it's like if if you're in that situation, like there was nothing Wilson could have or a good quarterback could have done in that situation to avoid what happened. So it's entirely possible Wilson stinks. But until that team gets better, I don't know if it's fair to judge him. And I think he's gonna have a career similar to Donald, similar to um David Carr, where the team is just so bad that. Either they develop bad habits, or you're never able to really evaluate them. See, correct. But the the coincidence, or not the 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 common theme in those three names you said is they all suck. It doesn't matter where they got drafted. Well, Darnold, Darnold Darnold underachieved at S. No, he wasn't. He underachieved at SC. They they decided Darnold was a good prospect, and they it's the same thing they're doing with Spencer Rattler right now. Spencer Rattler has done nothing at Oklahoma to prove he should go number one. He's going to go number one because they've created a narrative. Darnold did nothing at SC that decided he should go number one, and he was going to go number one. Remember, then like I think the day of it, yeah, came everybody out, the Browns was were gonna, shocked that they took the Baker Browns took Baker, one. yeah. Um, but these dudes, some of these dudes are so fucking good in high school that we ignore what they did in college. And we're, we're about to do it with Rattler. We did it with Darnold. I don't know anything about yeah, David Carr. But, look, but, I, I, ain't but I can argue the other side. Look at Justin Herbert. Everyone saw Justin Herbert. They was like, yo, he came back his senior year. He should have left after his junior year. He came back and he regressed. He's not the, he's not the prospect that we thought he was. And that's the reason he slid. Because remember, before Herbert's junior year, he was consensus number one overall pick. He comes back for his senior year. He's mid. Everybody slacks on him. And now look at him. He's the best quarterback of that group. You know right. what I'm saying? So, so I just think, honestly, I don't think anybody knows how to develop quarterbacks at this point. And until we see them in game, I think it's unfair to really say whether or not somebody is good or not. Because we, we just don't know. And neither does the NFL. Uh, I don't want to. Hold Herbert. on real quick. Real quick. I got to correct myself because I just double checked. And Zach Wilson only had one interception week one against the Panthers. 
he's been bad enough. I don't want to make it worse than what it already is. Like, but five interceptions and a fumble, six turnovers to two touchdowns through two games. That that's fucking bad. And the worst part about everything is like I know it's bad enough that these short quarterbacks be getting slandered in the media and like Dion said with these narratives leading into the draft where people's draft stock fall because they're so short. But this man, I truly believe he cannot see over anybody when he stands in the pocket because it's almost as if he can't throw an accurate pass in the pocket, whether there's pressure or not. But as soon as he's on the run, it don't matter how many people you got chasing him or in front of him. As soon as he's on the run and he gets out of that pocket and he actually has space to see, you know, this guy be on the money. He'd be looking like a white Russell Wilson. It's crazy. He he was um he was very bad in college against like I don't want to say good teams because not every team was good, but he played at BYU when he played like real colleges, like when he wasn't playing against like Mormon University Junior College or like <laughs> Utah Utah <laughs> Southern, Utah State, like when he had to play universities. Um I know I know X said he doesn't he, he hates college football. If you really want to see Zach Wilson, go watch the BYU Coastal Carolina game from last year. He got dogged. Like when he plays real schools and he actually gets put on TV, he was not good. The same, to be fair, the same could be said for Trey Lance. So, I mean, we'll see. You took the words out of my mouth, and I'm glad you admitted that as the homer that you are. Because I was about to bring that up. And I was, but look, that could be said for a lot of quarterbacks, right? We don't know the type of weapons that these guys have. And we don't know the type of system that these guys are running against actual schools. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think, and part of that too, I think that's why the NFL is so bad at evaluating quarterbacks. You look at some of the systems that they run in college. They're not pro offenses at all. You know what I'm saying? Well, they're and, not traditional pro offenses. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So it's like, so you say, okay, well, for example, Jalen Hurts, when he was at Oklahoma, most of the throws he was making is because the scheme had receivers running wide open all over the field. So at that point, was Hurts making reads and progressing through his reads and reading defenses? Or was he just throwing the guys that didn't have anybody within 10 yards of him? Mm -hmm. And when you have quarterbacks like that, it's hard to be like, okay, well, what's going to happen when the defenses are faster, when those windows get tighter? Now, now how do you evaluate them? So, you know, like I said, it's an inexact science, and at this point, I think every fucking quarterback's a coin flip, and I don't think anyone knows what the hell they're doing. Well, I think I think it's I think it's closer to an exact science than anyone believes, but we ignore game tape. Like Justin Fields cannot make the throws Trey Lance and Zach Wilson can make. If you put the three of them in shorts on a football field, Justin Fields is going to look the worst out of, out of the group. There's no doubt about that. But Justin Fields, unlike the other two, when he played. Clemson in the college football playoff balled the fuck out. And to me, that's what matters. The same can be said for Baker Mayfield, who's finding success. The same can be said for Lamar Jackson, who looks like an MVP candidate. Patrick Mahomes is the anomaly who, <laughs> who was like, who looked, you know, not the, I'm not gonna say he didn't look good in college, but like he will, it's not like he was like a Heisman candidate or anything. And now he's the best quarterback in football. So he, he is the anomaly in this, but um, if these dudes just watched tape, which I, for whatever reason, I feel like they ignore. Um, and 
I would love to know the reasoning behind that, but if they just watch tape, I, I think this is a more of an exact science than, than it gets credit for. All right, so before we move on to week three picks, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on something. It was announced last week that the Indianapolis Colts were going to be the first ever team to participate in the in-season hard knocks. And I believe HBO is debuting that in mid-November. I forgot the exact day. I want to say like the 15th or the 17th, but mid-November they're debuting that. And, you know, it's pretty interesting given the fact that Carson Wentz just got traded there this past offseason. It's his first season with the Colts. They got a lot of injuries, anti-vaxxers. They started the season 0-2. And for the first time ever, we're going to be getting behind-the-scenes looks on an NFL franchise. And it just so happens to be this one at this particular time. Are you looking forward to it? You think it's going to be interesting? You think this is a good idea for the NFL or the teams? Like, what what are your guys' thoughts on this? Do we know who has editorial control? Because if it's the NFL, then I have no interest in watching this. But if they completely give the reins over to HBO and say, look, you can post what you want, then I'll watch. But if the NFL has say so over what goes out, I'm good. I'm passing. I'm not sure, but I'm like 90% sure that NFL Films is going to have something to do with it because they've, they've put out a statement and were quoted in the ESPN article about it the other day. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't give a fuck. Uh, I don't give a fuck what none of these niggas do in their spare time, bro. Like, I see enough of these bum-ass Colts on Sundays. Um, last thing I give a fuck, a fuck about is what Carson Wentz says Monday through Saturday. He doesn't even know what he's doing on a Sunday. Can't trust this man to eat breakfast for breakfast. He can't make any decisions on the field. I can't believe he's going to make any off the field. So, uh, yeah, I don't really care. Um, Amazon Prime's version of this shit's better anyway. I don't remember what all or nothing, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's also, but see that, that follows the team throughout the season, right? Yeah. But they get more access. Yeah. Because they, get. yeah, because they follow throughout the season, but, yeah, but even thing, in though, training camp, NFL these niggas films, don't get no access, bro. Yeah, hard hard not to be showing us the same three white guys every year. It's some fucking slot receiver that ain't going to make the team. We all get involved in him. He gets three Julian Edelman passes. We all start screaming. Then he gets cut. I or some you, fat, but, it's some fat defensive coordinator. It's the but, same people every but year. There's the difference, though. There's a, there, but there's a difference. That all or nothing stuff, even though it follows the team throughout the season, it doesn't get aired and released to the public until after that season is over. This mm-hmm. is going to be going on during the season. But that's why that's bad, because and, the players, they see themselves in a prior episode and they become self-aware. Whereas if the cameras are there for the season, but you're not watching any yourself on TV, you kind of forget that they're there. Versus if if you just watched yourself on TV last week and the whole fucking locker room clowned your ass, you're not going to be yourself the next week because you already know what time it is. You feel what I'm saying? I also so, think it's dumb they're choosing a team that they didn't do the training camp with. Yeah, why, why, why are we going to give a fuck about these players? We're not, yeah. there's no emotional but attachment. Do to you anybody. think that they reached out to the Cowboys and the Cowboys dubbed it? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's dumb. Like, you, we, I mean, I didn't watch Hard Knocks, but if you are a Hard Knocks fan, you just spent however long having an emotional attachment to these Cowboys players that didn't make the roster. And I'm sure I would venture to guess the bulk of this show is going to be built around practice and practice squad players. 
um, where a lot of the dudes that you're emotional attachment with from the training camp show are going to be on. And now you just have a new group of players. Starts yeah. in like fucking, it starts two weeks before Thanksgiving. Like, who gives a fuck, bro? By then, the, the honestly, by then the Colts could be out of the playoffs and no one really will care. Like, part of what's cool about all or nothing is it comes out when you're fiending for um, NFL content, too. Good point. Fact. So, let's move on to the week three picks. So, though, for those that this is your first time listening, which is probably mostly everybody listening. Um, we're going off the DraftKings spreads. This is being recorded on a Wednesday. Is it'll be out Thursday before the Thursday game? So this is off the Wednesday spreads. I'll go with my my picks first. I'll let y'all know what my picks are. I'll save my upset for after y'all give y'all picks. But first, I got the Titans at minus five and a half. Oh, um, they're the five and a half point favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're going to torch them. It's going to be, I think they're going to more than cover the spread. It's probably going to be two touchdowns at least. I might even take the over on that game. Now nah, I might take the under on that game. I don't think the Colts are going to do much. And then um, I got the Cardinals minus seven. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban <sighs> Meyer's been stinking it up. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked that good, especially last week. Kyler Murray. I'm ready to bet on him for the MVP. To be honest, I know you got to win enough games. I know, I know it's only two weeks, and the Cardinals might not win enough games. But I'm not entirely sure. I mean, as long as he makes the playoffs, even as if that's the as a wild card, even as a wild card, they can't make the playoffs. I mean, I don't think so. You might be right, but they they off to a two and zero start. It's, it should be three and zero if they take care of business. I got them at minus seven. That division is a bloodbath, man. I feel you. That's I what I'm saying. I don't, I don't see how they but, go five hundred in the division. But if there's a if there's a division where there would be three teams to make the playoffs, it would it's be. the no, absolutely. But you're you're gonna have to get the three wins in the division. I don't see how they do that. Understandable. I think it's possible, though. I think their offense is potent enough to make it happen. But we'll see. And then I got the San Francisco 49ers minus three. I think I might have bet on the 49ers the first three weeks. I'm not sure. I don't remember if I took them. I don't remember. No, I I don't think you took them week one. But we got the 49ers against the Green Bay Packers, the Sunday night game. I got the minus three. That 49ers, I mean, that. The Green Bay Packers defense is just atrocious. Aaron Rodgers is going to be running for his life most of that game. Going to be a lot of checkdowns and him throwing on the run. I think the 49ers win that game by at least a touchdown. What you got going on for, for Sunday? Well, or Thursday? Um, we're, we're saving our underdog picks, right? Yeah, I'm going to save my I'm going to save mine for the end, yeah. I'm going to take Ravens minus nine against Detroit. Uh, the Lions stink. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to use player props bet for this, but whatever Hollywood Browns like over in yards is hammer that. Oh, and just to, and just to be clear, it doesn't have you don't have to save your underdogs. You're going to save your money line for the end. You're going to save your. Well, it has to be. A yeah, you know, I'm saving. Yeah, I meant my, yeah, my bad. Yeah. I meant my, I meant my money line pick. Um, so yeah, I got the Ravens minus nine. 
Give me. I like the over in the Dolphins Raiders game. It's only at 45 because two is not playing, but I actually think Jacoby Brissett's better than him. Um, That's a wild take. <laughs> and the Jesus Raiders, Christ. the Raiders defense stinks, but I really, really like that offense right now. Uh, especially if Josh Jacobs plays on Sunday, which I don't believe he's trending towards playing, but 45 isn't very high. Um, so I'll take the over 45 and Dolphins Raiders. And then my last pick is for the third straight week, I got Niners minus three. The Packers stink. There are sons. We are going to beat them so bad. Aaron Rodgers is going to rekindle his relationship with his family. He is going to call them crying. He's going to talk to his mom for the first time in years, and he's going to apologize to Jordan. And then he's going to go on The Bachelor or Dancing with the Stars or whatever the fuck that his brother hosts, and he'll be on that shit next week. Do you think he tries out for the Jeopardy host again? No. Uh, I think we're... <laughs> no, nah, I'm we're, just messing with this, you. This, game, you this game is going to be visual CTE. He's not going to have the brain power to be on Jeopardy again. <laughs> All right. All right, X, what you got going on for, for your three picks? Bet. Um, I'm going to take the Bears. See, Dion talked to Justin Fields so much. I'm going to rock with the Bears plus seven over the Browns to cover against the Browns. I don't think Odell's playing. Landry's on IR, so I don't really know who Mayfield is going to throw to. What? So, uh, what? Who, who, where did you see Odell isn't playing? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't know if he is. Oh, okay. You I said he doesn't that. think he's I'm, I'm going to be honest. I thought you were breaking news, and I got Odell on every fantasy team, so I was curious if I needed to go make some substitutions. No, I don't know if he is, and even if he is, I mean, Odell hasn't been Odell for quite some time. So uh, he was, was Okay, so he was a full go in practice today. So give me the Bears plus seven <laughs> over the Browns. That's one. For my second pick, I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers minus three over the Bengals. The Steelers at home. I don't trust that offense. That's an under that I kind of like. But um, honestly, that that offensive line might get Burrow killed. And the Steelers can um, rush the passer. So give me the Steelers minus three against the Bengals. Is TJ Watt playing? It don't even matter. But if, if he is icing on the cake, if not, I mean, the Bengals can't block the three of us. So I'm no concern <laughs> there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers plus three over the Niners. Wow. You go yeah. against the green, bro. The on, look, you the should on, know better than after. Your I want to rock. Look, I don't want the possibility that all of us go three and no. So I need to create some division between us. So give me the Packers plus three. And then I'll save my upset pick. I think uh, there's a pick I made last week that was the opposite of X, or I didn't pick a team that he picked just to be different to create separation. And obviously he went 0 4. So I like it when we're not on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for my upset of the week, I got the Rams. Oh, plus one and a half. <laughs> I mean, come nah, on. Nah, <laughs> but, but, but this is money line, though. It's not even just I the got spread. You. Nah, I got, you. I got you. I got you. It's not, it's not just the spread, it's the money line. They the underdogs and they got to win. That was still a soft money line pick. Um, I, man, I got the Rams over the Buccaneers. Yeah, all right. Um, for mine, I really I was gonna take the Bears uh, money line until I read Odell's Odell was a full go in practice today. Uh, so I got oh, give me the Falcons over the bum ass Giants. Damn it, I was about to take that. All right, you can see yeah, it. <laughs> 
Nah, I want I want I want separation. Um <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna double Giants up. win that game, by the way. Give me the Packers money line too. Man, you know what's crazy is I'm looking at these spreads. I can't believe none of us took Jets plus 10. I know we're all pretty down on the Jets right now. That's a ton of points in the NFL, though. It is, but the thing is... I feel is, you, but they're playing against the Broncos' defense. And if there's one thing the Broncos' defense could do is generate turnovers. And if there's yeah. one thing Wilson can do is generate turnovers. turnovers. So, yeah. That's I, a ton of points in the NFL, though. No, man. I agree. Now, would I put them... Would I throw them into, like, a, a teaser and tease them up to 16 points? Absolutely. I would do something like that. You know what I'm saying? But nah, I'm, but but last week, didn't they lose by like 17 to the Patriots, whose defense and all like overall? Now I'm not even gonna say the defense, like even just their offense is not even as good as the Broncos. Honestly, I, don't, I, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't I don't say know. that. I wouldn't I wouldn't, uh, yeah. I wouldn't say that. Who the Broncos are starting like Melvin Gordon say, at running back still? Yeah, they got Melvin Gordon at running back, they got Cortland Sutton, they got Noah Fant, they got um Jerry Judy, but he's out. So wait, yo, look. So I always tell everybody, I usually don't bet. I pick games on the show, but I usually do like a four or five team teaser. So can I give a five team teaser that we can keep track of instead of my my money line pick? Is that allowed, or do I just got to pick an underdog? Yo, if you want to give me a five team teaser on the side, we could do that. We're not going to keep track of the record, but I will probably bet the shit on Sunday. I bet. So if we're gonna do a five team teaser, we're doing the six points either way. So I'm going to tease the Eagles up. To plus nine and a half. So you're doing alternate spread. Yeah, because no. with the teaser, you can use the six points either way. No, yeah, yeah. I just make sure. Yeah. So, so you're using all six points on the Eagles? Yeah. Because you, you can use the six points for each individual game that you're doing. Oh, you know, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So the Eagles, I'm teasing up to plus nine and a half. I'm teasing the Packers up to plus nine. <laughs> Wait, but why are you doing that if you got the money line? No, no, no but nah, this he's is just taking away. He's taking away it. For the teaser. Yeah. And then I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna tease the Steelers to plus three, and You're then I'm gonna go from minus three to plus three. I'll tell yeah, you, I'll and tell then you. and then I'm gonna tease the Broncos down to minus four. How many teams is that? That's four. That's four, and I need a fifth. And I'm gonna go ahead and tease the Falcons up to plus. Actually, no, I'm gonna tease the Cardinals down to minus one. So with those, you usually get about plus 350. So if you bet 100, you could probably make about 350 on that. Um, but of course, you got to hit all five legs of it. If you lose one leg, you lose all your bread. But that's my five-team teaser for the week. I think you're yeah, losing I'm a, that. I'm going to add a couple one. bets too. Fuck it. Um, you said Arizona minus one, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you all two college football bets. You're going to drop that down to one? That's crazy. Notre Dame plus 190 against Wisconsin. Yo, is that Saturday or Sunday? Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Notre Dame's at Wisconsin. Notre Dame's a much better football team than Wisconsin, and they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Take a money line. You could take spread, sprinkle money line, whatever you want. You said Notre Dame. Plus 190. And then I got my dogs. So you dogs. said Notre Dame money line, right? Money line, yeah. Then plus I got my dogs. Plus 17 and a half, West Virginia against Oklahoma. Hopefully they show up this year. I haven't looked at the Saturday slate a ton. I mean, I'm scrolling through it right now. Texas A&M's only, Texas A&M's only um, four and a half point favorites against Arkansas. They're way better than Arkansas, but I don't know if Texas A&M's starting quarterback's playing. So I wouldn't 
hypothetically, I would be all over that, but I, I'm gonna wait until Saturday. Um, Notre Dame money line was Virginia plus 17 and a half. You gonna give a teaser for the NFL? Nah, I'll I'll leave the teasers for X. He loses enough money on the spread as it is. Uh, UCLA yeah, minus five against Stanford. That's a good one too. Uh, and then, like honestly, like I mean, when you're a real degenerate, scroll down to the last game that's being played. Bet the over. Uh, I think Hawaii plays at like nine o'clock on Saturdays. When I go to the bar at ten, I need something to do for like two hours. Um, so I fucking bet. I bet the over in that game and now i'm at the bar taking shots with bitches watching a bet lose most likely <laughs> yo you sitting here talking about you most likely watching bets lose but you but you also trying to give better advice at the same time yeah you you worry me i mean look that nine o'clock saturday game i have no idea what i'm betting it's hawaii versus lord knows who every saturday at like nine don't know anything about either team. I'm going to either bet the over or I'm going to bet Hawaii. Whatever happens, happens. What was the last good quarterback to come from Hawaii? Uh, uh, rest got, uh, rest in peace, Colt Brennan. Yeah. Former Washington football team quarterback. He broke just about every NCAA record, I want to say. He's the reason I bet the Hawaii overs. <laughs> when I was a kid, boy, Hawaii used to put up 70 when I was a kid. Yeah, that was a long time. That was like that was about four coaches, ten quarterbacks to go, but I don't care. I'm still on the over. Don't care. I think it was more than ten quarterbacks, but we could end it right there. Let's see how we do this week. I'm probably gonna put like a little twenty, thirty dollar bet down on on the bet yeah just said just to see what happens. But I think I, I did good this week. We'll see what happens. X, let's try not to go 0 and 4. <laughs>